Well, good morning, everybody, listeners to, to the 321 Selling Without Appearing to Sell show. I am your host. And uh, this radio show today will be our company's last one uh, regarding sales training and business development topics for a while. We want to be in full production mode uh, next week. Well, actually, we want it to be in full production mode this week, but had to do a, some final sales training sessions. And in these sessions, we discovered two final topics to cover. I believe 321 has covered just about all the pertinent sales training and business development topics most of our clients and uh, new prospects will need. Next week, our company will spend about 10% of our productive time interviewing new clients. So today's topic is the uh, topic of the four uh, customer engagement scenarios. And uh, this, is a, this is a pretty sensitive topic. It's also one that could be uh, kind of political in nature. And by political, I don't mean Democrats versus Republican. I use the word political to describe the customer engagement methods salespeople uh, <clears throat> support the most. Sorry, that morning voice was, was trying to kick in. I thought I had defeated that with several cups of tea. So when I said political, what I mean is if you ask one group of salespeople, they will say that one particular engagement method is the best one and the others suck. I mean, they will defend their method of engaging customers because that's what, that's what they're familiar with. That's what they, they live and, and, and die by. Even if it doesn't work, that's what they live and die by, and they will swear that this is the best customer engagement method. If you ask another group of salespeople, they believe their method is the best, and so on and so on. In fairness to everyone listening to the show, the chosen customer engagement method might be based on a person's age. It might be based on a person's experience level. That chosen customer engagement method might be based on marketing dollars available. That customer engagement method might be based on that salesperson's comfort zone limitations. Or the method could be based on the market size. If you live in a small town versus a large city, the method could be based on the office training. If salespeople are new to their, to their, to the, to their law business, their dental practice, their real estate business. Um, I even, in fact, I'll tell you this quick story. My very first customer, uh, as, after we started 321, was a home builder who had 200 lots that were wired with 
telephone service, utility services, um, and in a 12-month period, that builder had only sold two homes. Now, this builder was not sitting smack dab in a metropolitan area or right outside of, of a place like Los Angeles or uh, Fort Lauderdale or, or Tampa or you know Seattle. This builder was about 30 to 40 miles north of Sacramento. And uh, it wasn't, so it wasn't in a big um, metropolitan area. It was, in fact, it was in a rural area, but people, <clears throat> if you've ever been to California, you know that people will commute 50, 60, 100 miles to their job, uh, you know, in terms of how, be, being, how far they are from their home. So it was no big deal to have um, uh, a new home a construction site out there. So to make a long story short, when I first started my company, my business partner and I, we met with the builder, and the builder was working with, a, working with an established broker, a broker that had 25 years in the business. And so when I sat with the builder, I asked the builder about 20 questions. I had, well, I had 20 questions on my, on my page, on my um, uh, new customer or new client, uh, I call it the intake form. So I was, asking, I was asking the builder these questions. Now, the builder had, the builder came from, gosh, he was like a second-generation builder. His dad was a builder. And this guy was in his 60s that I was working with. So between he and his dad, there must have been at least like over several hundred years, or not several hundred, <laughs> of at least a hundred and some years of, of building experience. But just because he was a builder, it didn't have, I mean, it, it didn't have anything to do with him reaching out to, uh, to people. So being that builder did not give him any leg up on finding buyers for this unique product. And these homes were beautiful too. Beautiful, and they were they were in the the, the four hundred to five hundred thousand dollar range, which is kind of normal for this area. So they were not they were not overpriced. So to, again, to make a long story short, what we did, I asked him. I had twenty page twenty questions on a page. I got down to question thirteen, and the builder said stop. So I was kind of shocked why he would ask me to stop. And he said, Clarence, you have asked me more questions about me and my building project than the broker that I, that I hired to help me sell these, these doggone uh, lots. So it was at that time I realized that just because a person has a certain title, they have a certain degree, they have a certain certification or license, does not mean that they know how to market products, goods, and services. So that was the, that was the, the start off of, of my 321 company. So that's what I meant by uh, the chosen customer engagement method might be based on all those factors like age, experience level, marketing dollars available, comfort zone limitations, market size, office training, and office training. <clears throat> 
Suppose a salesperson has only had exposure to a certain kind of training. And let's say that certain kind of training, after three months, six months, nine months, I'm mainly talking about your independent salespeople because I can't imagine a dentist, cosmetic surgeon, or attorney not finding significant business in three months, six months, nine months. That would be devastating, and they would have to you know, pretty much shut down the business. But again, if that person, the independent salesperson, had only access to one type of training, and three months, six months, nine months, they haven't had any significant production. Well, that's all that they, they have seen. So this person would probably say, real estate doesn't work, or the insurance business doesn't work because I tried it, didn't work, I didn't make enough sales to stay in business. So even though this show outlining, outlining the pros and cons of the four customer engagement methods may be futile, <laughs> so, when I, so again, as I talk about this stuff, I may be talking in a futile situation where things will never change. So why do I say this? I say this because change is the biggest obstacle for every person, for every small business, and even large corporations. When I was in college at Golden Gate University in San Francisco, I took this class called Operations Management. It was an upper division class. It was a class with a very, very thick book. And uh, the book had about 400 and some pages, and it was written in not in the smallest print, but it was a very thick book. It cost me 150 bucks. That book would cost about 400 bucks a day. <laughs> the class was about identifying operational issues at some of the largest U.S. corporations. And these operational issues were issues that um, popped up over the last five years, so the book was fairly current. Our class did several case studies on the challenges which caused companies to lose market share, have big management shakeups, um, experience operational issues in, in the IT department and at the executive management levels and so on and so on. So it was, it was a book that each case, case study was about probably, gosh, I would say at least 10 pages. And um, one of the most interesting findings from taking that operations management class was that most problems at corporations can be traced back to leadership. And virtually all the cases we studied the overall problem was leadership. The second problem was communication. So leadership, the first problem. Second problem, communication, where at least on the communication side, and I'll talk about the leadership uh, findings in a second, on the communication side, it was one person or one group team that did not know what the other team was doing. And that one corporation lost a significant client 
because of the simple fact that they did not communicate. Okay? So in these case studies, it was the man <clears throat> or the woman who was resistant to change. I'm talking about at the executive level. And you would be surprised what senior executives will do to save face or to keep a keep bad operational policy in place because it's their baby. You know, this is my baby. I am not going to change. Even if it even if the outcome would be more positive than it is now. It's my baby. So many of you have heard the phrase, the captain went down with the ship. I know I've seen this happen more times than I can count during the time I, I worked in corporate America from 1999 to 2000. It was brutal. People would go down swinging and fighting, figuratively speaking. Okay, maybe there was one fight. I think I saw one skirmish on the corporate floor. And so they would go down swinging and fighting to protect their methods and to maintain that status quo. It's crazy. I've seen it. So I do understand resistance to change. I spent, let's see, 10, 12, 12 years in the United States military. We had to change so much, sometimes on a dime. Okay, this is the plan that we talked about, about this particular you know, operation or assignment. And then all of a sudden we would get there, oh, we have to do something different. That person that spent weeks planning that particular assignment had to say, gosh, I spent all those hours planning this assignment, assembling a team, ordering equipment, you know, time in meetings, and all of a sudden we have to do something totally different. So I am used to changing. <laughs> Trust me, I am, I am so used to change, it's not even funny. So that resistance to change is a human defense mechanism to protect one's uh, pride. And sometimes that's what it is. It's, it's, you know, if you have to do something for the good of the, of, the, of the team, you have to think about what's important. Is it my pride that's important or the team's uh, success? And that's something that everybody struggles with. I mean, I struggle with it. You know, today on different matters, you know, you have to say, well, you know, what, what is the best outcome? What am I looking for the best outcome? Plus, it's extremely hard to be humble, especially in the sales industry, because all salespeople have egos to protect. It is natural for a salesperson to protect, to want to protect their, their, their ego and their status quo. So what's important about the four customer engagement options? If you've listened to the marketing challenges, um, the show I did called Marketing Challenges Shared by Large and Small Businesses, I talked about the two phases, initial consideration and active evaluation. In the 321 Sales Training Business Development Lexicon, initial consideration and active evaluation are identical to 321's contacting 
prospecting and the prospect vendor appointment. So the four in customer engagement options highlight challenges in the following areas. One, sales funnel metrics or the numbers for the salesperson. How effective is the salesperson's method of reaching out to potential customers? Is the, sale, is the salesperson closing one out of four prospects or one out of 14 prospects or one out of 40 prospects? More importantly, how many contacts is the business or salesperson generating weekly? 321 has already said it before, no contacts usually means no appointments and no sales. So what is a, is a solution to improve the metrics to closing ratios? Make more money. The next challenge is who controls the sales process. Is it the customer? Is it the lead generation company or the small business owner? This is really a big challenge. There are many variables here. Depending on which entity controls the sales process determines profitability and the terms of the deal. What about sales longevity? Will the business survive the first year when 80% uh, when, when of most businesses fail in the first 12 months? What can be done to reduce it or, or, not, or if not eliminate it, to eliminate that failure? Are there accessible tools to turn the business around? Looking at the uh, profit equation, revenue minus expenses, cost is a major challenge. What is the CODB? You know what the CODB is, right? It's the cost of doing business. What is the CAC, the customer acquisition cost? For real estate in particular, should it cost $1,000 to $2,000 uh, per lead to close an escrow? So I have laid the foundation for the discussion for the four customer engagement options. So let's look at each one. Let's talk about the random customer, random vendor. It is probably no surprise that the random customer, random vendor engagement option is the largest of the four. That's where most people are in their sales business. Random customer, random vendor means that there is very little effort made by the vendor to proactively seek new customers. Just to add a note, vendors always need to be more proactive than customers because there, there's always more vendors than customers wanting products and services at any given moment in time. For the random customer, random vendor, I will include mailers, magnetic, uh, magnetic car signs, randomly putting business cards in a bowl at a restaurant hoping that your card will be, will be pulled or putting your card on a, on a, on a big a wall at, a, at a, a coffee shop hoping someone will, pick, will pull your card and call you. And, and, and for this conversation, social media, um, you know, doing business on social media or advertising on social media, those are random customer, random vendor um, scenario. That's a scenario for that. So an example of the random customer, random vendor scenario is like five separate men and five separate women going to a dance club and no one gets up to introduce himself or herself to the other person to, so that one guy can dance with one lady. So in this scenario, there are about 50 different combinations of a guy-gal match for dancing, but nothing happens without effort. Effort is an important word that should not be overlooked. Effort means the business owner or salesperson is active in pursuing new customers. 
effort activity should not be confused with task activity. Task activities are performed after the prospect has been converted to a client. So here's an interesting stat. Most salespeople put most of their sales energy into completing tasks and very little sales energy into the effort side of the business. Effort activities include contacting, prospecting, appointment setting, professionals such as attorneys, dentists, CPAs, cosmetic sur uh, surgeons have naturally low effort percentages because most of their time is spent in court with clients or performing dental and medical procedures on patients. So you can understand that, um, that for attorneys, dentists, and CPAs, cosmetic surgeons, they're going to have low effort percentages because they went to school for, for 6, 8, 10, 12 years to learn how to you know, uh, perform their, their, their services, medical or legal. Real estate and insurance have more time to spend in effort activities because their task functions do not require a lot of time. Once the client says yes, the paperwork begins to flow, and the real estate and insurance agents simply have to keep the ball moving, uh, handling things that occasionally pop up. So let's talk about the interested customer random vendor. This scenario is typically when the customer who finds a product or service on the Internet. Note, there are many vendors on the Internet in all the industries 321 supports. So to get a call about your product or service is great news. But the vendor has to remember that the customer found you, not the other way around. When customers find you, you may be under the microscope to respond to the customer in the way the customer wants. Attempts to invoke your authority could make the customer select another vendor. I've seen vendors abandon their sales, process, uh, sales processes to get the business on the customer's, ter customer's terms instead of the vendor's ter terms. So if the vendor only has, has only had a few customers over the last six months, the vendor will probably conform to the customer's demands whether the vendor wants to or not. So let's talk about the interest, interested vendor, random customer. Now this is the typical sales scenario for the vendor who is hustling. Okay, so this vendor is actively seeking new customers. This vendor is cold calling. They're doing a lot of face-to-face -face prospecting. They're door knocking uh, for real, real estate agents or insurance agents, or they're networking to introduce or announce their business. The stat for this sales scenario, the, the interested vendor, random customer, is only a single-digit uh, number. So it's, it's only a, sing, a small percentage of people or vendors who actively seek new customers. So when I use the word active, I mean these vendors are putting in effort, as I described earlier, to contact, to prospect, to set appointments with a potential customer. The interested vendor may be a person who has been in sales for a while. These vendors have gotten past the nauseating feeling of getting rejected. These vendors probably track their marketing numbers and have decent marketing metrics meaning they know they have numbers on people they've contacted, people they have prospected, people they've met with in appointments, and they know how many people they have closed uh, divided by the, num the total number of people they've met with. 
So these vendors are typically the top producers. My company is an example of the interested vendor random customer model because I actively promote my, my, my company to random business owners. So let's talk about the interested vendor, interested customer. Now this is almost a non-existent uh, scenario, um, but it's rare. So what, what if every customer a vendor, uh, a vendor approached on the phone, face-to-face, and social media or with the website said yes to the vendor's pitch? Suppose everybody you talk to in, on the phone, face-to-face, social media, or you had a website, your website was blowing up, people were calling you all day long and said yes to your pitch. Well, if everyone, if that happened, everyone would jump into sales like a heartbeat, if you know what I'm saying. If, they were, if, if every time you spoke to someone about your product or service and they said yes, you would have people leaving their jobs like you wouldn't believe because, man, sales works so well that everybody I speak with about my product or service says yes. But guess what? If that happened in a short period of time, there would, no, there would, be, there would probably be no people to sell to because everyone would have purchased everything they needed in a few days. I'm talking about timeshares, brand-new cars, uh, cruises, but it doesn't work that way. Okay, so what does this interested vendor, interested customer dynamic look like? Well, this is a service that 321 provides, so I just want to tell you that. So I just want to give you some dynamics of, of, of who would appeal to this particular dynamic. Okay, this is the vendor who wants to be active in his or her business but does not have all the skills yet to be successful. This is the vendor who cannot pay $25,000 to go to a formal sales training school to put their sales performance in hyper-drive mode. This is the vendor who pays $2,000 plus hotel and and travel uh, airline expenses to see a motivational speaker so that the vendor can get their head in the game or put put their game face on when in the public working their business. This is the vendor who has to spend 80% of their time working on cases and may not have time to actively prospect. And so again, I'm talking about these vendors are the ones who spend 80% of their time working on cases or medical procedures, and they, they went to law school, they went to dental school, they went to, they went to medical, school, medical school. So these are managers of other vendors like real estate and mortgage brokers or insurance managers who may be experiencing constant agent turnover because only 15% of the agent force is selling. Like I mentioned in the interested vendor random customer scenario. So I just talked about the four customer engagement scenarios or options that are out there. And you can, I think you can clearly see that this makes sense. 
And if you look around your office, uh, if you look at, if you have a private practice office where you're like a, a single attorney or um, maybe you have a small dental dental practice, you can look around or talk to some of your colleagues and you can see what they're doing, and you can see or see or hear what they're experiencing. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation or this discussion, where it probably wasn't a discussion because I was doing all the talking, but I hope you enjoyed this broadcast about the four customer engagement options. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Clarence Napier, CEO of 321 Set Appointments, LLC.